2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Charles Schwab Challenge Picks Preview, one and done, plus a recap of Phil's triumph at the 2021 PGA Championship Kiowa Islands Ocean Course. It was a weekend, I would say, to remember, because I'm going to remember that one for a while. That was an awesome weekend weekend and we'll get into some of the problems but none of it actually had to do with any of the golf on the course it was immaculate in terms of a major one of the best majors i can remember at least from a tv viewing experience and just being wrapped up in it quite some time watched basically 14 hours of golf for four straight days and even at the masters i'm watching it on my phone i'm watching it over here at the pga championship i was just glued to the feed if the feed was better that probably would have made it even better but hey i don't want to complain too much we got an awesome tournament out of it i want to remember remind everyone out there to smash the like button to the video in the comment section please tell me your single favorite value in the betting market on the board at colonial this week because the field is pretty good we'll run it through with jeff feinberg here in a minute want to let everyone know as well to rate review and subscribe to the pat mayo experience audio podcast thank you to everyone who got into the draws last week who consumed all of the content shared it around clicked on the articles between video articles downloads podcast whatever it might be we had over two million clicks downloads and views and that is a new record for the pat mayo experience so i do want to thank each and every one of you out there i'm cracking up in my voice already uh, it really means a lot that you guys enjoy the content no matter how shitty the pics may be lost my shirt last week and I'm probably you too not everyone out there because I do have some winners who when they tuned into the live chat on Wednesday I did make the proclamation that if you really want to get tricky the ultimate game theory play would be Brooks and Cantlay and build your teams around that and some people actually did that and it led to five figure wins so congratulations to those guys Happy Noonan won took home 50k Clay Eads won 4k and uh putt cost him a bunch of money at the end if uh, I think Phil it was either Ricky missing the birdie putt or Phil missing the birdie putt on 18 cost him like 15k so that's tough. There was also a bunch of other four figure winners. And with Cust cursing Phil each and every day, there were a few Phil Mickelson tickets I saw out there. I didn't have any, but some were tweeted at me. So, congratulations to everyone out there who picked up at 200 to 1, 250 to 1, 80 to 1 after round one. It's pretty awesome stuff. Listener's League link in the description of the video and pod, fantasynational.com/slash mayo, get you 20% off. And you're probably going to want to jump in on that now that we're back to regular fields. But, Jeff Feinberg at chief Feinberg 17 is on the line sir what did you make of the pga championship
1: i loved it i thought um it was great in the end i found myself pulling for phil uh tim with one of the great all-time reverse curses uh you know make that near Custy's notes no no i mean even if he didn't believe it i still believe he was reverse cursing it the whole way and props to anybody who who made um the live bets. I saw it as high as 375 to one. Uh, Pat incredible, incredible. Even on Friday. I I never would have believed it. Friday afternoon, Saturday morning. Um, It was just magical. All the credit to him. Everybody got punched in the mouth, came back a little bit, uh, but again, just wilted away. He probably won that tournament on Friday afternoon though. You would say,
2: correct? Maybe. It's just his iron. I mean, his tee to green was first, obviously, in the field. He's like the short game in the irons and just the ability. Obviously, he hit the longest drive of the day. I think it was on number 18 or on number 16 with the the wind finally at his back. But just his ability to not get himself into too much trouble off the tee and let the rest of the game take over was not something I saw coming. Put it that way.
1: Yeah. I don't know. There were countless times. I mean, he has the two water balls quickly on the back nine on, on Saturday. And you think, okay, now it's going to happen. It never happened. He just kept uh, barreling on. I don't know. It was absolutely incredible. And you look at that leaderboard. It was, I know, it was so strange in many ways. I mean, look at how well Padraig um, played. I think you really could have gained a lot by ignoring Rory and looking at that, um, 2012 leaderboard granted the sample size is small it's certain we're going to be back at kiowa island so i don't know i think it's uh yeah i think we we can take a lot from this one again the oldest the oldest major champion ever on the longest you know t-sheet major champion course ever what a what a what what sort of simulation are we in patrick
2: it's funny you mentioned like what is going
1: on man
2: the rest of the guys after rory on that leaderboard because we kind of spoke about it, it was like feisty euros were the guys after rory then you see harrington lowry ends up louis obviously not in a european but he's also an international another older player but just the similarities between that leaderboard and guys that have won both the open championship and played really well in phoenix it was it was essentially the waste management open leaderboard if you just took the best collection of guys who played there over the past five years
1: Yeah, you're you are not wrong. And I mean, geez, a couple of things. You're absolutely right. I discussed it on my Wednesday night show, Pat, my most profitable lineup in DraftKings, the thing that kind of almost saved my entire bacon on DraftKings was a forgotten entities lineup that I spoke about with uh, Cupmaker Jeff, and it included Brooks, it included Cantley, it even included Finau. Now, in my mind, he's forgotten about because he was still like, you know, 45 to one kind of. So sort of more like uh, uh, it had Ricky uh, sort of more like an odds. Um, just just like if we were in January, like this lineup would be amazing and I wouldn't be able to make it. But I'm making it right now. Sadly, speaking of forgotten entities, it didn't have the absolute forgotten entity in um and Phil, and I still, I don't know, man, that week's going to live forever. Sometimes history is in a sad way, lives forever. There are, there are landmark moments that live forever that, that just will always represent sadness. I'm not talking about sports. I'm just talking about you know life tragedies or world tragedies. But then there, there are moments that will live forever, weeks that will live forever, weekends that will live forever um, in the most positive ways imaginable um and that is one of them you know from an outside of a personal standpoint and if you're like my buddy or one of the many others that hit an absolute monster then yeah it's gonna live forever in in other ways um as well and who knew who knew brian gay was the table setter pat who knew he was the table setter for Westwood at the finish line two weeks in a row. Stewart sink. Now Phil Mickelson. I don't know. I mean, geez, I can't believe we're here. Sky bet him at Wells Fargo, you know, uh, Mail media FTM bets, very own Skylar Hoke bet him at Wells Fargo. Uh, you know, I was all about the top senior at the masters. That was fun. And at the Wells Fargo, you saw that interview. He's like, Listen, I'm, I'm playing better. I'm feeling good. I can't keep my concentration. I cannot keep concentration on a golf course. You know? And then at, when he last won, what did it, have, well, it was a pebble in Mexico. Before Mexico, we he was going late in that tournament uh, in the lead-up ones. because I get so nervous contending now. Like, this is so weird. I can't believe that was happening. So I'm having those thoughts. Like, is he struggling with his concentration? Like, how nervous is he going to be? And he just kept chomping, and was a stone-cold killer behind those frames, man. And magic. So, yeah, magic. There, I said a lot.
2: Yeah, it wasn't I mean, just the crowds following him up 18. It was a really great moment to see, except for when they tried to trample Phil at one point. I was like, good Lord, man, this guy is 50. At least let him get to the green. Uh, you don't want to end his career before Brooks he goes in. Brooks didn't
1: and... take too kind to it.
2: Well, Brooks said that people were running into him and hurting his leg. The good thing for Brooks is that Phil won, so that the story is Phil. Now, if someone like Streelman had somehow won and not been like, shunned by Phil when everyone was giving him high fives, which was personally probably I my favorite that. moment. The, 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 my two favorite moments were after it happened, was Rom cutting Ricky in the hug line. So like, that's, that's terrible news. The, the number one comment I saw on it, someone tweeted it at me, was that uh, Ricky had to use his—Ricky didn't qualify for the hug line. He had to use his special exemption, so he had to go second.
1: We, I could, I'm glowing about Ricky too, man. I mean, there, there are many angles could take this thing and, and everyone like me, um, you know, talks about how sort of a big of a motivator this is for tiger. This is a motivator. I mean, for, for determined people in all walks of life, but any of those guys grinding on tour from a Ricky to a Hunter Mayhan, like, I don't know who you are. My, Martin Keimer, you know, you could just keep grinding keep grinding who's next i mean we almost saw Furick at the players we've had some like close ones but i don't know man Uh, that didn't really feel real till he hit that putt early on the back nine that he's actually gonna freaking do it well the
2: the the, the point that i wanted to make was that phil wins fills the story obviously that's one of the it's gonna be one of the biggest stories in sports in 2021 that phil won a major at 50
1: oh it was world news last night
2: but if streelman wins the talk today isn't about Streelman winning; it's about Brooks collapsing in a major again.
1: I joked on Twitter, Pat. I guess the niche pocket of golf WWE fans isn't big enough. This was one of those one tweets where I'm like, I don't really like retweeting my own tweets, so I didn't really go there this time. I feel like either people accept them or they don't. Kind of. Um, I was like, oh. Brooks T2 to Tiger, T2 to Fail. He's no Randy Orton legend killer.
2: <laughs> Is Randy Orton still that yeah, didn't rest- work
1: here either? Guess there's a shitty tweet. That yeah, wasn't funny. Not he, funny. Does he
2: still wrestle? Not funny. Pardon? Does, does Randy Orton still wrestle?
1: Yeah, yeah, he's still in like the main event picture and, and stuff. Okay. I yeah. haven't watched in a while, despite being a um, a lifelong fan. Yeah, listen, Brooks there again. I don't I'm not gonna pick stones. Like people like you couldn't hold off Gary Woodland. So what, man? Winning is hard. Like I give Fino, and I give a lot of losers some free passes. You think I have anything bad to say? Because Brooks, you know, didn't play well. Like even last year at the PGA. Who cares? The guy contends. He's amazing. The only peace of mind I probably got out of the weekend was that um we're celebrating the monster fill tickets and i don't have to feel like a moron for not taking the 50 on brooks
2: yeah i mean we still should have taken the 50 on brooks that was the bet and the only okay, reason but... and the only reason that we didn't it was well, it was a losing bet obviously but the only reason that we didn't take it is because we made it at the masters and it turned out so poorly for us that we just threw it off to the side like if we hadn't have bet him at the masters we would have bet him here and that is the stupidest way to gamble hence why the two of us did it yeah and we're yeah whatever
1: I don't, no one's watching me for winners at the moment, Pat, but 50 is the magic number. Cause even someone's like, oh, I'll never, you'll never see him at 50 again. I'm like, we would have thought that when he won waste management at 50 for us, Super Bowl Sunday. So full credit to uh, Brooks. I don't know. A lot of great stories, right? From Padraig to being the top guy, Ricky exemption into a paycheck into hopefully maybe some life. And as silly as it sounds, Pat, like Ricky for all like the, there's a lot of jokes that can be made about Ricky, but I think for, for even at the time where he was considered a higher end player, he was one of the feistier, more feisty American players that you would have maybe said could work here. Cause he, you know, when we see it at open championships, he's not like one of those guys that gets discouraged um, in the wind per se, but it was great to see. I wish he hit that putt on the last to, to keep a top five, Rom and Finau just do nothing and get their top tens in majors. And you know, Zalatoris, he's like the safest placing bet in the game. In the game, and I, and yeah, I, Louis, I don't know, Louis should have won. I still kind of feel that way. I nothing feel, to do with bets. Yeah, <laughs> it's
2: funny. Louis probably like when I looked at the like Saturday. Saturday. another one, right, pal. <laughs> I looked at the Saturday stats, and, you know, my heart said I wanted Phil to win. That's a great story. None of my guys, unless Casey made some sort of heroic run, and being the guy who lost the most strokes putting inside of the top 10, then, you know, that's classic Paul Casey. You just At least Phil opens up the door that Casey now has another eight years of coming in fourth at the PGA Championship. But my guys just weren't making a run. Zala Torres, I felt was going to be the guy if he went low because he was out a bit earlier, then the wind picked up and destroyed everyone at the top. Obviously, that didn't happen. But it was either hole 13 or 14, both Friday and Saturday. He absolutely mangled it. And if he doesn't, I think he four-putted it once and three-putted it another day, just the same yeah. hole back-to-back. Back. Like He doesn't do that. Like He's there. Um, so it's another sure. top 10 at a major for Will Zalatoris. So that's three in a row now, U.S. Open Masters, and pga championship like it's it's funny because his resume right now is starting to look like xander's did when xander first broke onto the scene it's like he doesn't have the win yet and obviously xander has four now
1: xander's but... resume up until last week i don't know it's still no no but, 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 but
2: before xander became like xander who's 20 to 1 every single week it was hey xander They're was now Fina was open, like Xander's seventh at the U.S. Open. Oh, geez, Xander was yeah. fifth at the PGA Championship. Zalatoris is just lingering the entire time. Obviously, at the Masters, he had a chance to win. He never had a chance to win this one on Sunday, but he keeps just... F- Once he fine-tunes the game a little bit, he's going to be right there. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder, is he one of these guys who's just a better player at these harder field tournaments? It's really strange to say.
1: Harder fields, uh, yeah, I, I could sort of see what you're saying. The, I mean, not the. Can the putter hold him back from a um, from a birdie party? I mean, despite the skill, he wasn't a prolific corn fairy winner,
2: right? No, he was like top five a lot.
1: Yeah, he didn't like like have this insane because we've seen guys be like insanely prolific corn fairy winners and not sort of have the success that Zalatoris. Is is having? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's funny people want to give Zalatoris's Ryder Cup spot to Phil. <laughs> like,
2: what's going on? Well, well, that's the big story right now. Can they can they leave Phil off the Ryder Cup team? It's a,
1: to me that pick. Like it almost was since we've been doing this show. The stalwarts on the team make that pick. If those guys at the very top want Phil there, Phil is there. Like, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think they like Phil more for the road games. He picks up a lot of, like, travel tabs. Not to say these guys have trouble paying... Um, for anything, but they always used to joke back in the day. The younger Ryder Cup players that, like Phil, would like buy them nice suits and stuff.
2: Well, Um, and 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 it's it's hard to leave him off now because like before it would have been, hey, there's no Tiger, let's put Phil on the team. Like Phil has two wins on the Senior's Tour and has yet to be competitive in a PGA event in ages. Now he has a major, like the case is there for him. no one's going to dispute him being on the team at this point, even if he is dog shit for the next three months, but he moved. Well, up that's to- the he, problem. He he moved- you like- think he
1: can get on that team playing dog shit. I mean, there's still too much golf left. If it was just like a blip of amazingness, I don't know that he gets on the team. He would have to be, again, they'd have to bang the table for him. That being said, there's sessions. You can sit guys out. There is a, a place for Phil, but You could argue, I don't know, man. They've never done like the let's take a kid. Like they, they always would rather take the fill than say, take a, a will like to groom him just to give him an experience on, um, on the bench. You even see it with like world cup soccer rosters. Like sometimes they just want you to take that 18 year, that young phenom who won't even see the pitch just to like get the experience. Um, I don't know. Today, I vote for Phil, but September's a long way away. I still wanted to see Spieth continue consistency to to guarantee his spot, which he certainly has. And he's on the team, too, you would argue. And guys are falling off the team that you might have thought might have been staples, maybe. So who knows?
2: Well, right now, Spieth is 11th in the standings. Phil is 16th. Zalatoris is 18th. (laughs) But there's a couple guys who are up there from wins. You're like, oh, really? Like Harris English is currently... 14th Webb is 10th like Webb, I don't I don't know if he's gonna end up making this Ryder Cup team like Daniel Berger's number nine Horschel's number 12 Cantley's 13 then you have like Reed and Fina at seven and eight then you have (laughs) the big six who are probably pretty much locked in like Reed is almost a guarantee to be on the team at this point you'd have to think Berger probably so Spieth probably so but Reed's winning
1: Torrey Pines is gonna be on the team
2: he's probably going to be on the team either way, but Tory Pines twice know, in one I'm year would be tough, but like, his, he's, he's his, but like is Cantley back now. Like all of a sudden, like the putting woes, they continue, but the ball striking was great this week.
1: Let's be fair to Patrick Cantley. Like golf is hard. It was what? Three, four events. Like that might've, that was clear. I'm going to assume, I'm not saying he's going to be great. The next event he plays, but I think when, like, in a year from now, we're going to be laughing about. Do you remember how he played in like March through April, like through or what April through middle of May of 2021? Uh, yeah, I, 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 he's going to do enough. I don't see him bottoming out.
2: No, no, I, I don't think so either, but just like. The struggles that he had, and one of the reasons that it became so pronounced with Cantley is because he was a favorite at some of these tournaments where like, oh, hey, I really like his chances this week. And then he doesn't play all that often. So it just seemed like the stretch was longer than it was because he got knocked out in the knockout stage of the match play, but he had played really well that week. I think Herman. Ended up winning that group. Like he came fifteenth at the Genesis after two close calls at Amex in Pebble Beach, and that was what well, When was Riviera? Wasn't Riviera like middle of February? And yeah. then he played. F- and then what? Players and Masters. Yeah, he, like was a gong show. Yeah, but and then but, that, people, but that's but now we're in. Like, but that's but that's two months though. We're from mid February to mid April. He played twice.
1: Yeah, and then you tried to buy the dip somewhere. Where it's like, "Well, now this <laughs> is good," <laughs> and it went horrible. I'm not making. You weren't the only one. I thought about it. Um, And now, I don't know. I'm let them give leave him leave him leave hang a number at Tory like you did last week. I'll be there.
2: Did you notice when Gary started melting down on Sunday? And it's just
1: on Saturday, where
2: he made three doubles. No, but he was was still kind of in it, even going into the even going into Sunday. And he started off a bit hot, but I I think it was number I want to say it was seven. 'Cause I feel like he had a bad seven, or maybe it was two. But he hit this his second shot. It was on a par five. Uh, and he got himself caught up. It wasn't the one where he scalded out of the mulch uh, and came up short and ended up making double. It wasn't that one. There was another one where he played this approach shot and he came out and he was just like weirdly limping a little bit. Remember he had the the labrum problem in his hip? It looked oh, like it was do bothering this him. To me. But he, he recovered fine. Like, I didn't notice it the rest of the day, but I even went and rewound it this morning just because I had it recorded to go back and watch it. And there was like a two or 3 whole stretch out of the gate yesterday where it looked like he was just limping around a little bit. Now, it could be nothing. It could have just been an awkward angle that he was walking on. It just made it look that way where one foot was higher than the other because it was a slope. But I, I just, it's something, if you weren't watching closely, you probably wouldn't pick up on. But I just wanted to throw that out there considering that we have Gary Woodland US Open futures.
1: Yeah. Big ones. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited about it between how we played at Wells Fargo and how we played for the most part, despite he found plenty of landmines as a lot of um, guys did as a lot of guys
2: did. I know Tiger's one at the masters is more meaningful, obviously, because it's Tiger and not Phil. What do you think is a bigger accomplishment? Like what's more surprising? I feel like this is it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm just dumb enough and naked eye. You go by, like, the odds. And, yeah, Tiger's odds are are beaten down because there's, like, a public entity to it. But even if we debated what Tiger's fair odd would have been that week, what would we have said, 35 instead of 20? Like, Phil was still 100. Like, there's no – this. This was crazier. I, I feel like there's somebody – we're in a Truman Show game and nothing you do matters at this point. <laughs> Like I don't know. I that's really all I can make of this.
2: I I, just, I am. Don't go ahead.
1: No, I mean there's a couple of things. I don't really bet on guys ever at this age range, and a lot of them are winning. Pat and my losing streak is kind of coinciding with winners coming from anywhere but the pocket I like to bet in. And the couple of times they did come from that pocket, I certainly didn't. Didn't have them. We were on such a great freaking run of that pocket hitting winners literally at like 85%. The pocket being like 25 to 40, 45 to one. But it all started here. We didn't win at Charles Schwab. We had a bunch of runners. It was great to see Berger get off, but like it literally felt like we won. We were so happy to have golf back. It was such a great event. Charles Schwab started the run of literally only You say silly because Phil won, but like only really good in the moment players winning. And let's uh, get back to that so I can maybe try to win some bets.
2: Yeah, I'm going to scale back my approach this week in terms of bets. Probably no top 20s, no top 10s, no first round leaders. I'm just going to pick like five guys and bet them to win. I got to start managing my bankroll because it's getting grim. This is the worst golf betting year I've ever had. Uh, So apologies to anyone out there tailing us. Sometimes it's good. You know, if you tuned in at the beginning of COVID last year, You've about lost all that money back uh, that we went on that sort of hot eight week run. Uh, I don't run. think yet. I, I have. <laughs>
1: oh. I got a few more. According to Odds Checker, we're not. We're still like in a very good total units, but they the way they break it down, it lo- it can look like very grim. Um, and I said it. I said it that freaking morning. We had two in a, I two in a row going into Riv, and Fino could not make it happen versus Homa. And I'm like, my dark clouds. I I called it. I'm a loser. I spoke it into existence. I spoke it into existence. And it's goddamn here. Let's go. I hate. I don't even know what to make of this betting board. So I don't even know if I can help with losers this week
2: fortunately sky and tom have us covered in the european tour picks and bet show where they were giving out winners we were tailing them and winning money with them i hope all of you do too that show comes out monday evening on mayo media network uh so please tune into that sky and tom are awesome uh they've been doing really really well with their picks over on the european tour it's a softer market right now on the american side just because they kind of fluctuate the odds up and down because a lot of these, a lot of American bettors who want to place bets on the European tour just don't know a lot of the names. And I think it's, is it made in Denmark this week? I think that's where it is. I don't
1: know. It's something like Hummel's. It reminds me of that thing Saul Barron, that little doll Saul Barenstein stole from the printer company. What? Never mind.
2: No, no, continue with oh. that. Saul, like, you better
1: call Saul. Oh. Remember, he like, he goes for a job interview at a. At a printer place and he realizes they have some valuable like Danish statue and like a chest. Never mind. Hummels.
2: <laughs> made in Himmerland. Let's see. Yeah. Himmerland. Okay. It, it's in Copenhagen, so it's the made in Denmark. So I assume that means Hogard. Bobby Mack is playing, so he's back over there. He's the favorite at twelve to one. But I
1: wonder, to... Thorbjorn playing great, like having like two top 15s or something since like he started playing golf again.
2: Yeah, but he did that in the Canary Islands with yeah, but... with Higo being the only good guy in the field. Poor Higo, man. Tim found out who he was, and he shot like plus ten on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. What are you doing there? Oh, shit. You gotta talk into the microphone, pal.
1: Nothing, never mind. All good.
2: You want me to let you finish your, uh, your phone work here? Nope, I'm just seeing numbers drop. It's okay, we can do the show. We can get the numbers afterwards. The internet has us connected with the latest news, long distance friends, and funny animal videos. Unfortunately, it also connected us with hackers and cyber criminals. Aura protects you from the worst of the internet so you can still enjoy the best of it, like the Pat Mayo experience. Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and tech safe from online threats. It's all-in-one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more. With Aura, you'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast, like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tries to open a bank account in your name. Aura is easy to set up. All plans come with a $1 million in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds and experience U.S.-based customer support that's got your back. Aura is the new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription. With an easy online dashboard and alert sent straight to your phone, Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. And right now... Aura is offering our listeners early access in three free months when you visit Aura.com slash Mayo. And remember, this is a limited time offer, so you need to get on this now. Go to Aura.com slash Mayo to get access before anyone else in three months free. Once again, that is a limited offer, so do it now. That's A-U-R-A.com slash Mayo. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. I like the pomegranate from the ones I've had so far. Lucy also has a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine in cherry ice flavor. Also tastes really great and it's convenient and discreet products can be enjoyed anywhere on flights at work on the go on the golf course, even at the gym. If that's something that you're into, uh, that's not so much for me. But at the golf course, that is perfect. So I'm not having a cig per hole. I just have a lozenge per hole. Actually, not even per hole, at least per my experience. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has the delivery down the pat mayo experience listeners go to lucy.co and use promo code mayo to get 20 percent off your first order including gum or lozenges that's lucy.co and use promo code mayo at checkout m-a-y-o also i have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco nicotine is an addictive chemical lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code mayo at checkout i wanted to talk about the coverage very briefly because it was pathetic um and the app was pathetic the only two players we saw in real time over the weekend were phil well it was phil on saturday only and then it was phil and brooks on sunday and just the amount of time that they spent watching him walk down the fairway for no reason i get that cbs is producing to a very old crowd and they've tuned in to see phil but you're still cbs you still show golf every single week and not every week is phil going to be winning thus drawing all the eyeballs in to have people tune into your broadcast so i don't understand why they're not at least creating storylines like the Ricky had he have made par on 18, he gets into the Masters. Like, that's a real storyline. People like Ricky Fowler. And they show us a putt 15 minutes after it actually happened. Like, that could have been the... There's so many alternative narratives going on at the same time where you don't need to be just watching these two guys. I'm not saying take anything away from the two leaders or Phil, but you don't need to be watching them 90% of the time. And CBS needs to be building a repertoire of players that... Especially because it's Phil. So I'm assuming the ratings for the final round of the PGA Championship are through the the roof compared to even what they were last year when Morikawa ended up winning. So you're probably looking at like a, I don't know, a 7, 7 7.5 rating, even going up against the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs at the same time. Like this was a big moment. People tuned in. This was the sports story of Sunday. And it all had to do because Phil is the second biggest face in the game over the past 30 years. Like everyone is tuning into this. My dad's texting my great. My grandma gave me a call after it was done. My father-in-law texted me. Hey, did you see Phil? It's like, yeah, I saw Phil. This is what I do for a living. You don't need to worry about that. (laughs) But we could have been like, there were times like on seven, on eight, when they're on the course, like you have guys finishing up their rounds, like answers, finishing up his round. is finishing up his round. All these guys who are, you know, making really nice golf shots we didn't see anything from lowry or patty we saw patty chip in on the par three to get to like minus three which was kind of live after the guys started melting down at least for a brief period of time but no nothing after that we're not going to see any drives from him we're not going to see any shots from him we're not going to see anything from lowry who ended up coming in t4 we didn't even see him all day they're showing louis on tape delay i'm watching my app and i know what happens legit 10 minutes before i see it on the screen like that's not what we should be doing here. CBS needs to be building a brand of guys. Like how good of a story was it for Harry Higgs? Harry Higgs got himself into the masters. They should have just been showing all of his shots as well. He's a character. He's someone who could be popular, especially if he stays good. But the my dad and grandma who tuned in to watch Phil have never heard of Harry Higgs before or as Tim thought he was some British guy and he pronounced his name Harry Eggs as we found out on Friday. But like there's a chance to build someone up. So when he's contending at Colonial this week or wherever, people at least have some familiarity with him. I just I don't understand it whatsoever.
1: For all the applause being made to the coverage, I was really put off by it, Pat. No sport alienates its real, true, hardcore fans more than golf. I said it on Friday when we were doing the cut sweat show. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. Like that show naked and afraid or naked and alone trying. This coverage is literally like leaving your house without your wallet, keys, or cell phone. (laughs) You feel naked. You feel nothing. I, I, you know, I hate to use a grim analogy, but I literally felt like a mom waiting for a telegraph on the status of her son at war. That that's what this coverage was. To people that are week in, week out supporting this tour. The people that give these networks their ratings. When it's not Phil. When it is KH Lee. We're the ones giving you points. So we're always shat on. We're always shat on and we were shat on again. I can applaud like they gave hours. They gave hours but it's never, it's, I don't know. I didn't care for it. And I'm not even talking about Sunday for me. I'm really talking about the other parts of the tournament as well. It's more than just Sunday. I mean, they're showing guys are like a hole and a half ahead, and we're seeing shots. And from a tour perspective, as I brought up on Friday, you 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 run these ads for responsible gambling for safe gambling. You want to get into gambling? Well, it's great that Bet three six five has access to the to the only real time shot tracking. That's great. That's great for three six five. That's great for fans who are using three six five. But it's wrong. It should also be available somewhere else, not attached to a betting board for your other fans who don't want to have to stare at a betting board or who feel uncomfortable staring at a betting
2: board. It's, it's not right. It's wrong. And there's the, there's the point to it as well that most people didn't even know that the Bet365, because they have the IGM feed. IMG feed, sorry, that they're the ones who are the fastest in real time for both Euro and PGA almost at all times. But it's about similar with the regular PGA app week in, week out. Like the fact that the PGA app wasn't able to produce the same sort of live coverage in terms of their shot tracker and that most people didn't even know this is where you went to go get it. Because why would they know? Because this is a, a sports book that's available in two states, I think, in the U.S.?
1: It is the least responsible, pro-responsible gaming thing you could possibly do. I had a friend reach out to me who can afford to take losses. So I don't like feel bad. He can eat losses and he eats them. And when he wins, he wins big. But he messaged me and he's all you know, just being a not, um, uh, what do you call it? A disciplined gambler is a problem for him. It's a problem for him to have the discipline and the willpower. And, and he messaged me multiple times how, like, you know, he's locked out of, bet- like, he has just these things in, in place, uh, you know, where you can, like, um, block lock yourself out of the sites and such. Yeah. Right? Um, which, you know, I guess they encourage responsible gaming. And he's like, it's like, it, I can't go there. Like, if I go there, I'm just going to be making bets. Like, I always think a guy makes a he's going to win the tournament. It'd be so dangerous for me. And uh, that was after, like, I made my rant, like, this is, this is wrong. This is a wrong place. Like, I, I, this is, th- it's great they have it. And it's a great service that they have it. But being the sole proprietor of that information, while you're on some hand trying to, to condone responsible uh, gaming, the shame on you. Shame on all parties. That's how I feel.
2: I I can tell you, because that's where I spent the majority of my week was just tracking that app. That's the book that I have the best access to up in Canada right now. um, And that's where I have most of my money on uh, in terms of the main book. And like, I probably lost an extra 150 to 200 bucks. Throughout the course of the week, that I just normally wouldn't be betting because I was constantly on the site. Because every, you can every, and, it's, it. and it, I can afford to do it. That's fine. And you're
1: disciplined to like a point. Other people,
2: but you're one but, 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 like, but that. But that's my point, though. I am disciplined when it comes to this stuff. And just being on it for 12 hours a day, four days in a row, while watching the coverage and trying to track it, like you're just going to make stupid bets. And uh, listen, it's great for them. All gambling sites should just acquire the feeds to all these sports because there is no better way to drive traffic to your site than to do this if people want to make bets in real time but you're right it it being the only place where i can go find this information i i just that's this is not where i would have done it because i know myself well enough that if i'm on that it's like oh yeah i'll throw an extra 20 bucks on cantley at a thousand to one to see if you know maybe he'll post a number here maybe he'll chip in on 18 and all of a sudden he posts minus four and i'm gonna make 20 grand no it didn't happen
1: you're out, you, you said it. I don't know. You piggybacked off what I said. I, I think it's um, they got to figure it out. That being said, we have always lamented, like, you make a head-to-head bet. There's literally nowhere to follow your, I don't even know, I mean, Cam Davis versus Stricker. Like, there's nowhere to follow that for these majors, unless it is the Masters, per se, because the great job that they can do like it's great that the book says no you can follow it you can bet it here we're giving you that information a plus to the sports book i don't actually blame the book at all i blame the parties that allow this to be the only place that information is is available it's that's wrong that's it's wrong
2: Well, Um, there is another part of the coverage I just wanted to touch on very quickly, too, is that coming down the stretch, we saw Phil on 17, and Phil puts it into the left, and then you're like, is Phil going to be Phil, and like try try to jar this from the rough? And it would have had so much more context, because there wasn't really a ton of drama down the stretch. Like You you could feel like it was tense, especially if you were rooting for Phil. It's like, ah, is Phil going to blow this? But he had a big enough lead that he was even able to put it in the water, and it really wasn't that big of a deal. There was any drop of water to go into on the back nine on Sunday he found the right one to go into where he just dropped it on the green and two butt for yeah. bogey but at the same time like Matthew Fitzpatrick in a similar spot as Phil duffs it goes over the green into the water on 17 Cantley does the same thing about I don't know 35 minutes before we don't even see it on the broadcast like having that in the back of the viewers mind like hey this is possible that would actually add to the drama wouldn't it because there wasn't a ton to begin with yeah.
1: You, you made some great points through the coverage where you, we should be seeing the late holes. Show us the players playing well. Show us them playing those late holes so that hardened fan like you, who's dedicated his weekend to it, can see a visual of that hole. Or when a great player is in trouble on that hole, just show me that. Show me what getting in trouble on 17 or 18 will mean when two hours when the goddamn leaders are there. Yeah, and it's it, important. And, and, it's and yes, Phil had the lead where he could make some mistakes, but he was even standing there on 17. I was part of the crowd like he had three, right? No, he had a three-stroke lead on 17-T. Yes. Yes, because a birdie bogey sweat. He, I was like, you should lay up on 17. Just play for four. Play for four. Make Brooks. Make magic. And when Brooks hit that drive on 17, you thought something was magical. But the most embarrassing scene of the tournament, Pat, I mean, it might have been Louie's... Missed putt for birdie on 16 then three putting for, for par or for bogey on 17 on Saturday. That might've been it. But on 13 on Saturday, when he's just maybe finding a chance to get back in this as Phil is maybe slipping a little bit, he hits a horrible drive on 13, whatever it happens. He then like lays up on 13 and then he shanks it into the water. What did not even his second he laid up and it was because he was too big of a puss. I don't want to say this, but he, he was too big of, he bailed out on his drive. He bailed out on his drive and in the end he left himself with a shot. He had to take a risk on anyway. So I don't really understand. Sometimes these guys just delay the risk shot. I don't know. I'm just, it was weird. Louis and Brooks, their putters totally abandoned them. It was painful to watch at times. Yeah. But Louis it's... more so than Brooks.
2: Sure. But it's not like, I mean, Louie putted really poorly on Saturday. Sunday, it wasn't as big of an issue. And even Brooks was complaining that, you know, that was the worst round I ever had on the greens. He gained stroke putting on the field. He putted much worse well, uh... on Sunday. Yeah. So, and Phil and Louis both putted much worse on Saturday than Brooks. So that was just kind of a, an odd statement to make. But, just looking at it right now, like you can see why Louis has five seconds in majors since 2012. Like it's every time that it feels like he's gonna win, he just does something to shoot himself in the foot almost every single time. And it's so funny mm-hmm. that his, that his actual win at St Andrews was flawless on Sunday. Like he he dominated Casey that Sunday, which was. But there is one thing I wanted to mention that you talk about the 17th, the par three. I felt like it was such a huge advantage that Brooks had honors on that because it could really dictate what Phil did because Brooks doesn't hit the green or he leaves himself with like a 40-foot putt like you know maybe he drains the 40-foot putt and makes birdie but it's you know very unlikely it's like a less than five percent chance that he makes that putt that if he sticks it to like 10 feet or something it has a really good look I think it knowing Phil and what he's like I felt like it would have put pressure on him to go for the pin he might have put it in the water but he just never had that opportunity
1: Listen, apparently the broadcast made it seem like when Phil put it in the water on thirteen, he had no idea Louie made a double. Which was maybe fair. Like he thought he was only up three. Um, and it still on the 13th hole. So, like, why am I having a total bailout? Um, a bailout shot. But yeah, I don't know. Brooks, there are a couple times. Brooks what? He played the par fives. He finally birdied 16. But he doubled. He doubled uh, going into sixteen. He had a double, a bogey, a bogey on the previous uh, three of them on Sunday. So he'll probably look to that par five Sunday scoring for him.
2: I and just to kind of piggyback on the thing that you brought up about showing the guys out early. The point that I was trying to make was then this is well before the leaders were out that Webb and Horschel were playing really well on Saturday. I think it was. And why not just show them shot for shot, because they're going low anyway, uh, and they're two, like, not, like, name-name brand players, but they're two players everyone knows uh, who pays attention to golf. Just show them from 10 through 18, show all their shots, the good and the bad, that when we, like, five hours later, when the leaders get there, like, oh, okay, I know where Phil needs, like, if he's in this spot, it's going to be really bad. I saw Webb here five hours ago, and, like, this is a really difficult shot. You get familiar with the pin placements that... Oh it just adds so much more depth to the story that you're just not feeling blindsided the entire time yeah.
1: uh you're one hundred percent right again the, the 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 naked naked and alone is what this coverage is like you know uh, that I, I mean i, I have two I, things I, i'm always I'm always here to like glad hand the baby steps that the coverage makes, but um i don't know and i can respect sunday to me i'm not even bitching about sunday i i don't know i can sort of buy into why this tv show wants to show you phil walking like well like on all those back nine holes essentially instead of other other shots but the timing is just in in embarrassing nobody is disrespected as much as as um hardcore PGA fans in sport. Nobody, there's not a fan. There's not a fan of any league or sports entity around that is, that
2: is cared for as little as we are. Here's the bad news. The world is full of uncertainty and that might leave you feeling stressed or anxious. You Want the good news? You can navigate change and feel more relaxed and quiet your mind with calm. We're partnering with calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Clear your head with guided daily meditations, improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks, and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. If any of you go to Calm.com slash Mayo, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming and new content is added every week. Over 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds. Sleep more, stress less, live better with Calm. For listeners of the show, Calm is offering a special limited-time promotion of 40% off a Calm Premium subscription at calm.com slash mayo. So go to calm.com slash mayo, M-A-M. Y-O, if you didn't know, for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's com.com slash mayo. Cheryl Schwab Challenge. Let's jump into this and talk about the golf that's going on this week. So we're back at Colonial. This was the scene of the crime, Jeff. Post-COVID hiatus, everyone, everyone and their friends, they all came out. To colonial. It was where the restart happened. Obviously, Burger One beat Moraco in the playoff. Good, good kickoff to the Custies, too. One one forgotten one that we didn't go through with the Custies was Tim proclaiming it over for Moracao and he missed like the two foot putt to lose to Burger in the playoff. Or force yeah. it was either to force the playoff or it was in the playoff. No, I uh, think it
1: was to extend it, to be honest. What was
2: it? Yeah, like yeah, he's definitely making either to this. Ex-
1: Yeah. Um, and yeah, this was uh there were so many guys in contention. I feel like Shafley, Neiman, like it was a Barn burner of a Sunday, and it was great. Like we didn't win a bet, but we like were we're giddy like the next morning. Like we just won a bet. Like that's how much fun this event was just to have it back and for it to be a truly great Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think I believe I had Rose and Xander, and they both ended up I coming had
1: Xander in. and I want to say Neiman. I don't know. I had two guys that I feel like just missed the playoff.
2: I think you had Bryson. Because he came seventh. Oh, yeah. So that makes sense. I don't know. But like me. last year, Love there was pricing. 156 players in the field. Uh, normally, this is only 121, 122 player invitational. It is back to that. This year, And a lot of people who played the course for the first time, I don't know how this is going to affect them, just like we didn't know how it was going to affect any of the players a year ago, but fans are back, grandstands are back. If you've only played this tournament last year, you don't know anything about the fans. There's now grandstands all over the place. Some of the shots that you may have played last year might not be available this year and the quality of the field is significantly diminished although it's still probably the second strongest field in the history of this tournament at least since I've been covering golf in let's say the past 15 years because you do have some pretty big names uh, at the top and it's one of my favorite courses just like I like Harbour Town, I like Sedgefield I like East Lake it's one of these courses Jeff where everyone can contend like you don't need to be a bomber or you don't need to be the most accurate player you need to hit irons and you need to hit these very small greens and you need to make your 15 foot putts you do that you're gonna win Ask Kevin Nah.
1: I was on that. That was great. That was like 50 to 1. He's even higher this week, I think.
2: Yeah, I know. And he just won. I mean, when you look at the corollaries, I just kind of mentioned them. Sony, Heritage, Sawgrass, Wyndham would Sedge probably Field. be. Sedgefield. Yes, Wyndham would be like the four. Uh, and Nah's already won at Sony this year. Hmm. So, the odds you've already seen this i tried to guess what the odds were on sunday show when i did the research if you want to know like the stats behind this course and who projects out well in terms of the <laughs> modeling tune into sunday show on mayo media network subscribe to mayo media network as well i predicted that thomas and spieth would be the co-favorites of this event at 10 to 1 i was wrong spieth is 9 to 1 justin thomas is 11 to 1 morikawa is 14 the defending champ daniel how's your burger Sixteen to one. Answer is eighteen. Phenix eighteen. Reads eighteen. Rose Sheffler and Big Will Z. Wills all twenty-five to one. I haven't bet anyone up here yet. I was thinking about betting Zalatoris at twenty-five to one, just because he's just a new guy that I'm betting all the time now.
1: Uh yeah, I gave that a thought. It kind of struck me as a little strange would you say this field was harder or easier than the heritage field if you could quickly remember the week after the masters harder this is this is harder yeah because the week after the heritage will was like 30 33 and i thought the books were begging you to bet it like bet it like we want you to bet it because you just watch this guy be cool and new and amazing at the masters and um yeah coming in in uh 25 feels fair I've made no moves here. I was really tempted quickly. A book I have access to posted a 15 on Justin Thomas that I probably should have just blindly smashed. And instead, I just like stared at and like, should I do it? Should I not do it? And then they realized they made a mistake and quickly put Justin back to his drop down odds. I'd rather bet. Well, it's Texas. So I don't want to say I'd rather bet Justin than Jordan. Don't see myself betting any of them. Answer... I mean he did what he did yesterday Pat off of I mean this finish off of leading the field in what Strokes gained Tita Green at Wells Fargo um or Strokes gained approach at Wells Fargo where he played out of the hard wave Texas feels short mm-hmm. I could always eat a fee now at 22 potentially cuz I'm stupid
2: yeah Like this was the beginning of a really nice run for answer last year. I think he gained almost seven strokes TD green coming out of the break. I think that he led the field at the heritage the week after. So he's in the middle of this really nice run right now. And the odds have been beaten out of it. People are just waiting for answer to get his win. I completely agree with it, but I'm just going to take the better priced answer in the next range uh, I've actually already made that bet. So when we get to that range, I'll tell you who it is, but yeah. Zalatoris has the most interest for me right now of these guys at his price. Like, obviously I think that Speeth is better and speed has a better chance to win. Does he have three times a better chance to win? I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I could totally see that, but let me, I mean, yeah, I had 25 of those. Like I'd rather will than Connors or, or Scheffler who at least I'm seeing, um, him with, I would say, let's say answer shot three under yesterday. I mean, what what's his odds? I still think it's, it's 25 to one.
2: Yeah, I think he's, he's 25 to
1: one I, to win them. He was yeah. 50 to one to win the PGA last week.
2: Yeah, I, I think that he should be. He shouldn't be 18 to one. He should be 25 to one. Rose is the one who is supremely overvalued. Do you know? I know Rose has won here before. He gained 11 strokes putting at the PGA championship. That's the only reason he ended up where he did.
1: What number are you seeing on him? I missed you mention him. Twenty-five. Yeah, um, yeah. I would say shop uh, shop uh, that number. Well, do it. Do whatever um, you need. Yeah, I, I could see where you're going. For me, I mean, I guess just because these are guys that I have bet a bit. Um, well, geez, there's there's more here. We didn't even mention Patrick Patrick Reed. I don't want him to win before Tory Pines though. But Fina or Zalatoris? Answer i made a move and i'll probably end up betting one of these guys i'm not gonna lie i like starting my card in the 20s
2: Uh, if we just and obviously these two courses don't have a ton in common do you know who led the pga championship in strokes gained approach by over three and a half strokes shit i knew this yesterday he likes to party he likes martin, tech. Laird? martin laird yeah 11.7 strokes gained approach mean. beat zala Torres, uh who had he and charlie hoffman both gained 8.2 strokes paul casey and then phil that was your top five uh-huh. in strokes gained approach at the pga championship happy to see charlie's uh oh chuck chuck's charlie. already got chuck's already got my money this week i thought the number on him was weak to tell you the truth um but, yeah, from that range, it's going to be probably Zalatoris or Reed, and probably neither. Maybe Zal- if Zalatoris sticks at 25, I'll probably end up betting him.
1: Would would answer at
2: 22 do anything for you? No. I don't think so. If, if answer's going to win at this number, then he's going to win at this number, and I'm going to miss it, and I'm okay with that.
1: Yeah, I can't argue. Um,
2: like, realistically, no. the guy who's best set up for this course is the guy who lost in the playoff last year in Smorikawa. Like, this is an optimal course for him. And he played great. Yeah. Couldn't putt. Couldn't chip or couldn't putt. No no big shocker.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Still finishes top 10.
2: Yeah. That's what he does. He's Justin Thomas. Whenever they putt, they win.
1: Um, Yeah. I haven't made a move here. I'm, 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 there are a lot of names that honestly entice me. I would say there are four of them in the, I mean, I, I could see, I see answer above 20, but. Answer, Reed, Finau, Will Z. I'll be betting one of those guys for sure, I think.
2: Let's move to the next range, 25 to 50 to 1. Here we got Connors and Sungjae, Neiman, Horschel, Woodland, Hoffman. No, now we're out of it. There's only a a few guys in this 25 to 50. So it's Connors at 28, Sungjae at 30, Neiman uh, at 40 to 1, Horschel and Woodland 45. Those are the only two guys. I've made two bets in here, Jeff. I bet Connors at 28 to 1. I bet Neiman at 40 to 1.
1: Uh, I'm all in on Neiman this week. I'll have that bet. Neiman 40 to one seems uh, definitely maybe my favorite guy going beyond 25 to one in front of 50 in this field, which is a range I really do like to bet on and Neiman stuck out quickly out of the gate. So Neiman 40 to one. Happy to see you're on Connors. Uh, happy to see they've pushed Connors back a little bit. Last time we were in Texas with Connors, he had the same number as Patrick Reed, and I wasn't standing for any of that. But if they want to flirt with Connors around 30, I think that's fair. Maybe there's a decision I'll make between Connors or Sung Um, But really, right now, the only guys I bet on Neiman and in front of 50 beyond 25, the other guy, I, I don't know. I'm a sucker for, for Woodland. I think I bet him a lot. And I think flirting with 50 could be really fair, but I'm not ready to pull any trigger there.
2: I yeah, uh, Woodland's interesting. I didn't even really give him much consideration, despite the fact that he had just played really well through three rounds, at least at the PGA. And played great at Wells Fargo. Yeah. And it's a short course. And that's generally where we like him. Although he did play well at a really long, two really long courses in a row. Historically, this is where we <laughs> tend to like him. I don't know. Like I got room for someone else, obviously just with Connor's, he has to take advantage of this good putting and it's reverted back to not the levels where he's like legit bad, but he's not, he gained five, he gained in five consecutive tournaments on the greens. He had never gained in more than two in a row at any point of his career. So maybe he's just reverting back to the mean right now, but the way that he's striking the ball, I mean, I talk about how Colin Morikawa is essentially like Justin Thomas when it comes to ball striking. Connors isn't far behind those guys. He's on their level right now.
1: Scary. It's great. You love to see it still think under 30, I would be pressed to eat points or take more points Um, by eating them. I mean, like, I know you've bet both or you're looking at Willie also. um, So you would already be there. I'm dumb enough to think I'd rather eat, eat some and uh, go get one of those guys in the short twenties, but I'm, I'm here for Connor's win. Sort of like you said with answer, though. Connor's anything like under, I don't know, in this range, I, I could miss it. I won't feel upset about it. I'll just be happy for him. And, and, and maybe I, they'll make more donuts here.
2: Yeah, maybe. I, I'm not usually on him all that much. Like, I haven't been betting him, despite the fact that he's one of the guys that I used to love to bet all the time when he was a long shot, and he would never play well whatsoever. Now, he's playing well. He's at shorter odds. I, I just kind of see things setting up. And the reason why I kind of link him and Neiman, and answer is – the sort of other prototype guy like Connors. Neiman obviously hits it a lot further. But around the green here, at least in terms of contributing to the top five and top 10 means relatively little that doesn't mean you can be bad at it but if you're constantly forced to be getting it up and down and making pars that's just not going to cut it at this course like you need to be hitting the greens and regulation on these small greens two putting or one putting that's just the way that it's going to go so if they're relying on their bad short games anyway they were never going to win to begin with so i'm not too concerned about that aspect of their game coming back to bite them in the ass now they're going to be like leading on the 71st hole needing to get it up and down and they won't do it because that's just the way my ears been going, but going into the week, that's not that big of a concern for me. So like I said, if they have to rely on it, they weren't never going to win anyway.
1: Yeah. I, I I can't disagree with any of um, that. <clears throat> it's strange though. It's a very quiet, like 30, a 30 to 40 in a range is almost non non-existent. Um, so we'll see. I guess that means I might be making a couple moves in the twenties and then the rest of Neiman and then a few beyond 50 is, is what I'm feeling at this moment as I'm mapping out my
2: card in my head. 50 to 100 to 1. I've only put down one play so far in here. and I, it, It's almost like the very top of the board where there's a couple names that I can most definitely get in on, but I don't know if I'm going to get there. Charlie Hoffman at 55 to 1 was the one guy that really stuck out. Just the way that he's playing. We're back in Texas. He had a really nice week at the PGA Championship. Again, he kind of fits that ball-striking mold that I'm looking for here. He's going to get hot with his irons. He's going to drive it okay. Can you catch a good putting week from Charlie Hoffman? And I'm going to say yes, so I'm going to bet him.
1: I could be here for, for the Chuck Hoffman victory. He's a form player. The form really does continue. I don't. I could give a free pass if I like a guy to sort of having his blow-up moments on the weekend at Kiowa, sort of like Woodland Pat. Like, I can look past, like, some ugly, a consortium of ugly holes. Um, it's not going to stop me from betting you. I, I, we're, we're in Texas. He's a form player. He's holding on to his form. Um, a couple other guys, though. Griot? Feels like he really does work here, Pat. I know it's may, always a big ask to feel like you got to get the Griot, um, the Griot victory. A few names also in front of 100. This might sound, like, silly, but... Majors usually break Sergio, but he could be pretty good in the non-majors. And we're at Colonial. And I'm seeing him flirting 65-70 to one. And Phil could have given him a good kick in the ass. And then there's always Siwoo, Pat, who I'm seeing at a 90. Yeah, I already bet it. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So um, those are are the guys. And we could talk more. Ryan Palmer, Texas, 80. Normally we're in Texas. Ryan Palmer's like 35 to one. So now here's an opportunity maybe to bet some Ryan Palmer at a good number, or you could bet the Ryan Palmer within each way. That's not my style, but the number is so big. Normally again, he's like half of this in any Texas event or like at least flirting with the 50 and Kucher, I don't know why I got this Phil thing in my head. I just said Sergio, but he's been playing really well, really consistent. Um, you mentioned all sorts of guys can win here. So I got another, I got another name past a hundred, but from 50 to 100, those would be the names that have, have um, stuck out to me at the moment.
2: Just looking at the ball, like I said, this range is kind of packed with not necessarily the same guy, but all guys I can kind of create their path to winning. I think the one for me it's going to be, like I said, I'm on Hoffman at 55. I just bet Siwoo at 90 because I'm going to bet Wu at 90. It's Kokrak at 60 that really sticks out to me.
1: Kokrak, Tringali, Harmon. There's a lot of guys playing that have had really good, strong, consistent seasons. That, that we're getting a lot of hype not too long ago um, that are coming in north of 50 to 1 at a course that we saw historically really reward um, guys over in this 50 to 100 to 1 pocket.
2: How about your boy, former winner at Colonial, Chris Kirk? I have 125. Are we there yet? No, I, I saw him at like 80, so 125 oh. is a much better number.
1: Yeah. Maybe they've already been dropping it, but yeah, go, go, go. I, I, I bet 125 to one Chris Kirk today. I'm sad to hear it breaking because that would have been, I could have free rolled the whole week on a Chris Kirk top 20 um, at his 125 to one number. So that's the triple digits that I have invested in Pat. And it's still available at a cross border site.
2: Okay. And like even guys that we didn't touch on Wallace, Kevin, nah, Streelman coming off a good week. Maybe Phil will go back to back. Yeah.
1: What Phil? Uh, Billy Ho, 50. He kind of feels like the most forgotten good player um, in this field. I- I'm seeing uh, Snedeker. You should line shop that if you're interested, because I'm seeing numbers all over the map for Snedeker, who's kind of finding some rhythm to, to his game. I, I don't know. I-, I don't know how many bets I'll
2: be making in this range, but it would be a
1: shame. Do we have to bet
2: Matt Wallace, Pat? I don't think so here. Maybe we do. I don't know. Because I've been betting him so frequently. But the number seems really large. Considering I think he had dropped to 80 at one point last week before the tournament opened.
1: Yeah. I don't know, right? Kind of feel like I might have to. Siwoo was like 80 to 100 last week. I know we've already mentioned we're both. You've already bet it. I'm certainly going um, to bet it. I've named every name that would have maybe intru- I would potentially have interest in in front of in front of a hundred they're not for me but but i think this um there have been a lot of people who've been all who have maybe from the DraftKings or other elements been very happy with the production of streelman and tring um i'm not betting them but the way they've been playing i think a lot of people have been betting them and are going to be happy to
2: get these numbers do you think that the back nine friday broke Tringali?
1: Oh, I don't know. The simulation gave Fowler his game back and took it away from Cameron.
2: (laughs) Let's talk about these uh, 100 to 1 guys just very briefly. I only bet one of them. I see Gim staring me at 100 to 1. I'm trying not to let Gim hurt me anymore, but I'm probably going to bet it anyway. But I've made one bet. It's not Gim. From above 100 to 1, do you know who that player is?
1: I want to guess. The fact that you're asking me to guess means I probably should know.
2: Um, Todd or Luke List? It's not. So, if I describe this course to you as a short course with smallish side greens, what would you say about that then? Who's the guy this year who's only played well at that particular style of course?
1: Oh, I know exactly who it is. He's the specialist. Pebble Beach Heritage introducing Mav
2: McNeely. Mav McNeely is the name. (laughs) Uh, 150 to 1, played it with the each way. It seems like the books are kind of on it, too, because for a guy who's made four of ten cuts this year, the fact that he isn't, like, 500 to 1 is really jarring. But then you have these two finishes, second at four, that pretty decent comp courses to this place, like burger one pebble, burger one here. Like, I can see that Pebble Beach is somewhat of a similar style, of course. Small greens. Short course. Obviously, it's different grass types. You're going to need to putt a little bit better. But even going back and looking at McNeely the past two years at Colonial, he's made the cut both times, and he's gained on approach both times. And gaining on approach is not something he does often. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, there it is. You, you, you have – once you profile this course to be a comp to Heritage and, and, um, and Pebble, go get all, all math. I don't know if i will actually get there with the bet, though. Uh, but, but I do see it. And in, in, in sort of looking in this range, seeing you're right, Mav McNeely feels short. Like for for what McNap for how well he's played at these types of courses, you could think what you want about the guys that are 150 to one that I'm staring at. Mav McNeely is far less accomplished than any of them, be it a Taylor Gooch or a Dylan Fertelli, Kyle Stanley, Adam Hadwin, but it is Fertelli 151, who looking for that McNeely number did catch my eye. It was, um, seemed to have a bit of a rough go of it at times at the PGA, but he's always a guy that's underrated, getting like, oh, it's Texas. Let's not forget about Dylan.
2: I guess so. I, I liked him at the match play and he advanced from his group, but just like a single head-to-head game against someone, That seems to be more of his format. I, I just, I like him in head-to-head matchups. I, he's just so all over the place all the time. I can never really get a good feel for him. Like the week that he won was the most atypical Dylan Fertelli week of all time, where I think he gained like 14 strokes putting or something stupid like that.
1: Okay. Um, wow. Are you going to be, which show do I need to tune into for the, uh, Tom and Sky are going to break down. Oh, no, they do the other tour. So Heath Tagala. T-
2: T- Tagala. Yeah, it's like, isn't he some super kid? Oh, yeah. I don't really know actually much about that. I, I tend not to jump on these players.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm not. I'm just seeing his name because there is a name. I'm going to say this name having no commitment to betting him myself but he was 300 to one at his last event. And he really peaked for a bit and we've only lost 50 points. If you're interested,
2: Rafa Cabrera Bayo. No, your connection was unstable. I think you started to talk about Rafa Cabrera Bayo and the internet just wouldn't let you put that out into the ether.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what happened. He was 300 to one. For that last event, what what was he, first-round leader?
2: I don't know if he even ended up being first-round leader. He was, like, minus seven through seven holes, though. Shit.
1: Okay, so Rafa played well for, we'll call it 180 minutes a couple weeks ago. He's 250 to one. I don't know how I'm going to build this card. The only bet I have is Neiman, but I'm interested in a couple in the 20s. a couple from like 50 to 80
2: all right well let's do the quick picks then and see who we're in on already of course you can always subscribe to the mayo media newsletter uh it's under wednesday evening i'll have out the full picks any updates that kind of thing along with jeff's one and done and maybe even where you can find some of his links i'll put those in this week as well for me i got connor's at 28 neiman at 40 hoffman at 55 see kim with the each way at 90 to 1 and Maverick McNeely, 150-1 to 1 with the each way. Those are the five that I'm in on right now. How about you?
1: I have bet Neiman. I have bet Si Siwoo at 90, and I have bet Chris Kirk at 125. So that guy's got a lot of room to play. Um, we're gonna, I have an answer at 22 and a female at 22 that are staring at me. Uh, one of those are Willie Z will be on the card, if not two of them. And uh, what else did we say we liked? Uh, Griot. I'm dumb enough to maybe be interested in Griot. Okay. One and done. That's where we are. My one and done, Pat. Yeah. Because I maybe since it's an opportunity, I'm going to use Justin Thomas.
2: Okay. Justin Thomas in the one and done. Tim has Anderker's poor Abraham answer this week. I'll use Corey Connors as my one and done.
1: You want the bets I've made? You want to just read them off? You can read them off? Sure. I bet Neiman, Neiman, Kirk, and Siwoo. So that obviously leaves me lots of room to bet some 20s.
2: All right, cool. All right. Thanks for stopping by.
1: Yeah, no worries. Later, boys.
2: All right. I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. On Twitter, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get yourself 20% off. Listener's league link in the description. Smash the like. Give me your favorite value on the board. And I apologize for some of the internet problems that we were having today. Uh, we'll get those sorted out by tomorrow when DJ Jazzy Jeff Ulrich is on the show breaking down the DraftKings side of the Charles Schwab Challenge. He had to come back on after touting KH Lee two weeks ago. I have to apologize for not following along with him on that. So for now, I'm Pat Mayo, and I'll see you next time.